It's time now for another episode of the Pat from the Past podcast. Matt Smith along with Paul Perillo. And pleased to be joined by the newly inducted member of the Patriots Hall of Fame, number 75 in your program. I don't know if 75 would fit on him now, Paul. <laughs> Mr. Vince Wolfork. Vince, no. you look tremendous. Thank you. Thank you. I, think, I think a size 48 might do. Yeah. 48 now <laughs> do you, instead do, of 56. Do you, does it feel normal like to be more like a normal human being as opposed to you know one you played? You know what the, the most amazing thing for me now is I can go basically in. If they have a 2X, I can fit it. You know, and that's – I haven't had that. Since I was in sixth grade, you know, so it's a little different, but at the same time, I feel good. My body feel good. I'm healthy, um, and I've just been enjoying life. That's great. Why don't we? Why don't you let Patriot fans know what are you up to now? I don't know that I'm up to the latest and greatest, but the last time I think I saw Vince, besides the 2016 playoff loss here, is you must have had a spatula in your hand. You must have been in front of a barbecue grill. Are you still in the grill business? What are you up to these days? You know, I, I live every day as it comes, and I enjoy. I try to enjoy um, retirement and my kids and my family and friends and taking a lot of time playing some golf, you know, and I love the outdoors. I love the fish and so right now, you know, I'm real estate, I'm in truck, and I got a, you know, a couple of things, solar, and, you know, I got a, I'm got i dibbling and dabbing in a bunch of stuff. I'm always cooking, so cooking is part of who I am. So, but, you know, life is good. It's nothing stressful. It's, I work at my own, on my own schedule, uh, wake up when I want to wake up, but it seems like I'm still on the football schedule because I'll pop up at 6 o'clock like I have something to do at 6 o'clock, you know, and then I'm like, okay. Maybe I can go read and, and go for a walk, or maybe I'll just head to the, you know, the course and play some um, golf. But, you know, but living a simple life and happy life, that's, that's what it's all about for me because, you know, for over 20 years, you know, high school and college and NFL, I had a structured life where, you know, it was de- very demanding, you know, and I had a schedule. I had to meet that schedule. I had routines. I had to be on a routine. And now I'm to a point where I don't have to do all of that. It's your time now. It's it my didn't time used to now. be your time. Now it, it's your it's time. It's my time. And I'm I'm probably working harder now. I move around a lot more now than when I played, but I move around how I want to move around now. And I just keep things fun and exciting because I'm a busybody. I like to be moving around. So, But nothing spectacular. I live a boring retirement life. And like <laughs> I said, the majority of the time I'm, go- I'm on the golf course. And we were, you know, just talking about this before we started. I, this is your first time back yes. since that. You know, you went to Houston the last couple right. of the, the 2016 playoff game. That was the the last time you were you were here at Gillette Stadium. Yep, that and was you, the last You're enjoying time. The, the memories already. Man, you know, um, my first time back besides that last playoff game, and we got in Monday, and we kind of walked around a little bit, and, um, I had to go out and get a sweater because I didn't pack. I packed like I was a southern boy, so I didn't have any sweater or long pants. I had to go pick up a jacket, me and my fiance, and um, you know, walk just walking in this in this dark, right? And about twenty yards away, I hear somebody, "We love you, Vince." And I look back, I'm like, <laughs> "Who the hell know me?" Um, it's dark outside. I got this sweater on. It's like. I love you too, you know, that's and cool. and that and that basically started my time back in Boston because from that moment until I since I've been up here now, everywhere I go, you know, it's fans everywhere, uh, congratulating me, hugging me, taking pictures and autograph, and 
what makes me so happy is the excitement and the happiness I see on their faces. That that brings me joy to see a community that I fell in love with while up here being excited and happy for me. So it's been a thrill. Everybody I encounter, I mean, I love Boston. I love everybody here. Some of my closest friends are from here. Um, and this is the best fans that you can ever ask for. So are you surprised? Were you surprised? Were you nervous? <laughs> you know, you didn't you didn't necessarily end as a patriot, even right. though I know you officially retired. Was there any hesitancy or were you surprised? Because I don't think we'd be surprised no. that no. if Vince Wolfork's walking down the street, of course you're gonna be beloved. You know that's the kind of player you were, Vince but you is know the kind what? of person you I'm were. I'm surprised because I don't think they can see my face who I was. That's that's why I, that, that's what surprised me. I'm like they in back of me. They just crossed the street. So how they like did they follow me or did they see me? So maybe they saw me under some lights, but um I'm not surprised about the love that Boston gives me because I've always given Boston 100% of love back because they this is my family. Like Boston is home for me, you know, even though I went off and played two more years, but people tell you quick I'm a, I'm a hurricane and I'm a patriot. You know, that's what it is. And even though I've been going all this while, I've always considered myself a Bostonian because of the, the amount of time I spent here and with the connections and the friendships that I've encountered over my life here. Um, and basically, I grew here, honestly. You know, I was a 23-year-old kid um, coming here, you know, and uh, grew from a kid to a man here with a family. So all I know is kind of Boston. So I love it. You know, I love it. That's great. They knew you because you been taking pictures all over the place and posting them on social <laughs> yeah, media. Yeah, I right? had to do that. I, I saw had, you. I had I to do that. You. I mean, because I didn't know how. I didn't know. It like, was nice. It was nice. What type of yeah. landmark I was at, like this arc. And then, you know, my marketing, she started telling me how big of a deal of this hotel I'm staying at. I'm like, okay. So I, she's like, you need to send a post out. I said, okay, no problem. I listen, you know. Once in my lifetime, I listen. So I listened, <laughs> and it was like. Boom, 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 boom. I'm like, okay, well, at least she was right. So, um, but I'm, you know, like I said, a lot of people, and I think a lot of reasons that, that, that people fell in love with me is they realize how of a normal person I am. I can relate to them because I had, I didn't have anybody sharing. I mean, you know, going shopping for me. You know, I cut my own grass. You know, I had, I bought a plow truck. So I was a man's man. You know, if I had to go grocery shop, I go grocery shop. If me and my family want to go eat, we go eat. Whatever they have available, we sit down and eat. So a lot of stuff I think people kind of equate that, you know, I'm, I'm just as normal as everyone else, even though I have, you know, the background of, you know, playing college and a patriot. You know, I go to Celtics game, I, I, I sit in the crowd. So, you know, even now when I go to games now, you know, I sit in the stands. I don't, I don't call for a box. I don't call for nothing special for me, you know. So I try to be as normal as possible. But I think over the over time, people grew to love that about me. You know, it's, it's any day in Boston you can. When I was here, you can walk up to me and catch me anywhere with that normal person to be. Because this area respects and they embrace the regular yep. human beings. Yep. They see the work getting double and triple teamed and everything like that, they realize you're grabbing your brown bag, yep. hard hat on, and going out to work. And that's how I am. And yeah. even to this day in Houston, I'm the same way. I don't hide. I don't try to call and say, can you block this off for me? Like, no, I go, I'm go. i going win with everybody else. We we all sit and have a good time. We laugh. We talk football. We talk life. 
And I think that's one thing that draws people in with me because I just show them how normal I can be. Like, I know where I, what I come from. I know, you know, what it's, what it's like to grind, and I'm a humble person. So um, I'm blessed to be in the position that I'm, I'm in. I'm blessed to have the career I had, to walk away from the game with one major injury. Like, that's unheard of playing the position Absolutely. I played. And um, so I'm truly blessed and I'm lucky. So I look at that's how I look at life. You know, you treat people the way you want to be treated. You treat with people with respect, you could demand it. So I've played like that. I live my life like that, and that's why I get along with a lot of people. Yeah. So when you go back to the beginning mm-hmm. here, um, 2004, you get you talked about you're you're a cane, you're a hurricane. So hurricane. you get drafted in the first round. Yes, sir. Here. What was draft night like for you? Did you expect to be available at was no. it 21? Or no. Were you upset like, about it? Were you pissed? I, I was pissed. You know, and I remember, you know, my father died of diabetes, so uh, I wanted to do something to give back um, to diabetes. So I, I linked up with this um, this organization down there called DRI, Diabetes Research Institute, and we threw this, like, this little get-together at a place called Game GameStop. No, Game Shop. Gameworks, I'm sorry, Gameworks in Miami. And it was just me and my family and a couple of friends. And it was probably like 30 of us. And we raised like $6,000 that day. And I was sitting there and I knew we had six first rounders. I knew we had that. I was like, well, I know I'm not going to be the last one. You know, because I've, I've met with, you know, Houston came down and met with all of us. Houston was picking at 10. Then Atlanta had eight. And Atlanta was talking to me every day. So Atlanta was at 8, and then I went and visited uh, Chicago, and I think Chicago had 13 or 14. Um, I went to Buffalo and Minnesota, right? So I'm like, I know I'm going to be off the board before, you know, I'm not going to be the last hurricane, right? So Atlanta comes. I'm like, okay, here's our first one. Boom. Atlanta comes. They pick the cornerback. I'm like, okay, 10. Houston got one. Okay, Houston. <laughs> Houston comes, they pick a cornerback. And I'm like, what the hell? Now, mind you, at the time, Sean Taylor had left and Keller Winslow had left. So we had Jonathan Vilma left, DJ Williams, Vernon Carey, and myself. So 14 come, 13, 14 come from Chicago. They picked Tommy Harris, first D-tackle taken. So I was like, okay. They went D-tackle, but they went that route. Okay. So now I'm sitting, I'm like, I have no clue where I'm going to go. You know, Buffalo come up. I forget who Buffalo picked. And then Jets picked Jonathan Vilma. So he's the third going. Denver picked DJ Whitten. He's the fourth going. So here we go with Miami. So I'm like, okay, at least I could stay home. Even though I grew up, I didn't grow up. I, I hated the Dolphins. I said, okay, at least I could stay home. Dolphins come. Vernon Carey. So I said, you got to be effing kidding me. <laughs> Is it amazing that the recall? This recall. is eight, 18 years later, Vince. And oh, I'm amazed that almost all later. of them can do that with their round. I, and it, you can it just sit there me. and rattle them off. Cause it, cause, you cause don't it, forget. I don't you forget. You don't forget. So here comes New England, right? Boom, they pick me. So I said, okay, I'm still pissed. First round, I'm pissed. And I remember my defensive coordinator at the time, Randy Shannon. He, come, he came to me. He said, listen. No, he called me. He said, Vince, listen. I know you pissed off and you're upset, but you're going to be the first one to get a ring. Watch. <laughs> I said, man, I don't want to hear that. Well, I'm pissed off. And then DJ Williams came, and then our other guys, they came. They was happy, you know, and I was still, I was in, I was pissed off. Because I'm, I'm so competitive. I'm like, how the hell I'm the sixth hurricane pick? Like, that don't make no sense. 
So I finally let it go. And I and throughout my career, I said, well, I'm going to show you. I'm the best one of these Hurricanes that got drafted that year. That was the inside. Of, that was burning and, and driving me. And sure enough, my first year, Super Bowl. And I remember when I won it, I called my defensive coordinator, Randy Shane, and I said, listen, coach, you told me I was going to be the first one to win one, and you were right. And I kind of let it go then. So now I sit back with all those guys, and I say, yeah, y'all went before me, but I had the better career, and I played with the best team that you could possibly play with. So I'm okay where I got drafted, you know. So it's always an inside joke. but A great I, story. I'll never forget it, you know. That that was one of the things – that one of the multiple things that drove me to be the best I could be. You had some talent with you on that uh, defensive oh, line yeah. too, huh? No, no, no shortage of first-round picks no, on that line. No, I'm thinking it was – Three years we had 18 or 19 first-rounders, University of Miami, in a three-year span. And with our class being the top one with six in the first round, wow. I think we tied somebody. And at that time, I really didn't know what it, what that meant. I mean, I'd be like, man, this is what we do. We hurricane. We, we go to the NFL. We may have good careers. But you look at it now, it's like, and, you know, six in the first round haven't happened. You know, the longevity that, you know, hurricanes we typically have and the production, you know. So if you go and look at, you know, all the great hurricanes that played and, and where they went and how they played in the NFL, they careers, they had amazing careers. Right. So now I'm able to sit back and be like, yes, I'm part of that, that fraternity down at the University of Miami. Not only did we did it in college, we also did it at the highest level, mm. you know, and um, – being a Patriot Hall of Famer, that just speaks volume of not only uh, my play, but from everywhere that I, that I come from, from my upbringing, and, you know, from my coaches in high school and in college, and a lot of, lot of credit go to Bill Belichick because Bill and Kraft believed it in me. Took a guy from a, 34, from a 4-3 penetrating defense, brought him in the system, and had to teach me the system, you know. And I just remember those days just trying to learn it. Everything I was doing was too fast. So it was like everything was opposite of college. You know, I got to stay front side in college. NFL, we stand back side. I was fast. I had to be fast in college, quick in college. I had to slow down in, in pros. So everything I was trained and learned to do as a high schooler and a college player, I had to retrain who I was to be a football player in this type of defense. And so Keith was here, your rookie Keith year, Trella, yep. right? And so you're splitting. I mean, yeah. he's starting at the time, yeah. you know. And was that pissed off Vince Wilfork taking the field in training camp, or did you feel like, I mean, I got a lot to learn. I better not be as pissed off and try to be a sponge with all these different things that they're throwing at you right out of the shoot. And let me work my way. Let me learn this. And then let me see how I can contribute after I learn this. What was your mindset like? My mindset was I need to be on the field. And it really wasn't I was upset I didn't start, you know, because in college, the only year I started was my last year there. You know, I played behind uh, two defensive tackles in college my first and second year, but my playing time I played more than them. So that really didn't bother me. And and, and I knew Keith Treller was an older guy coming in, and he never really played in this defense, so it was new to him too. And he was an older guy, and you know, mm-hmm. you know, just age kept up. You know, I used to see him rub his knees and all this stuff, and put all the stuff on in his locker, and we used to laugh at him. And he said, "Don't worry about it, young buck. You gonna get my age one day. You gonna be doing the same thing I'm doing, you know." But me and Keith, me and Keith, had a great relationship. 
we it was no it was never no jealousy there we learned off each other because every time i had to do something even though i was a rookie he had to do it because we both had to learn how to be a nose tackle because think about it we right. was we were trying to replace the great ted washington at that Correct. position right so and also in my mind was like okay new england patriots just won a super bowl and they picked me first rounder i can't let them down so all that drove me and and i know how i work and the work i put in the st- with studying stuff it wasn't going to be a problem for me to hit the field and start making plays i just needed to understand the system i was in and i think by year three that's when i really got a hold of what it took to be a nose tackle in this defense and from 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 year three on it was history Ted Washington is the only guy in that locker room. I've been here for 23 seasons. He's the only guy that ever scared the ever-living crap out of me. <laughs> I was frightened uh, of him. Uh, you know, just as personal aside. I could tell you a long story, but for another podcast. Right. Uh, so, but you have, you know, you have Keith, obviously, who was instrumental in, in yeah. you guys learning. But you got Richard Seymour on one yeah. side, Ty Warren on the other. Um, just to be part of that, I mean, Probably the greatest defensive line yeah. in team history, I, no would, I would think. No question. Just what was it like to be out there with all those? You know, you got Brew and Braves and Ennis behind you. I mean, Ty Law in the second. I mean, like, man. what a defense. Man, let me tell you something. Me and Ty, uh, we talked about this, and we didn't realize when we played, but I would put our front three against any front three in history in the 34-2 gap in defense. I put us up against it. It didn't matter. I don't care who you come talk to. Okay? I don't care who you bring up. I will put that three up against anybody. Okay? What we had up front, you had three first rounders. And then don't forget Jarvis Green, the second rounder, that he was he was our our hybrid. Right. You know, if Richard needed a blow or Ty needed a blow, he'd come in. But he was our third-down specialist. So we knew. And then we had third-down. We had Fife. But you had we had Brew and we had Ted, uh, Ted Johnson in, in the middle. And then we had Willie McGinnis and Mike Vrabel. And don't forget Roosevelt Rosie. COVID. Yeah. You see? And then you go on the back end. You got Ty locking down one side. You got Asante Samuel and Poole on one side. Then you got Wilson in the back. And you had Harrison. So... Yes, our defense was stacked. So, Vince, <laughs> on, uh, to that point, okay, and I think a lot of Patriots fans have been talking about this. It doesn't get the run that maybe it should get nationally, okay? I take nothing away from it, but offense sells. Everybody loves the quarterback, mm-hmm. and there's nobody greater than Tom. But that defense, mm-hmm. you're now starting to see maybe a little bit of movement. It took him a while. Ties in the Pro Football Hall yeah. of Fame. Richard had to be knocking for a few yep. years. Do you finally see some movement nationally that maybe you guys are getting the respect that you understand that defense deserves? You have to. You have to because if you look at those players, not only they changed um, offenses we played against, but we had a lot of teams and defenses try to mimic what we did defensively. So we was a trendsetter of all this new era stuff that guys all of a sudden you start seeing – running the 34 defense and sending five, you know, or sending four. Like, we started all that. They tried to figure out what we were doing, so they took what we were doing and tried to implement it in their system, you see? But you just can't – it got to be both. You got to know how to coach and you got to know how to play it. It has to be both. You can't have one and the other. 
and we had both. And we had defensive-minded coaches. We had Romeo Cornell, and we had Bill Belichick that was back in the days, New York. They, they coach together. And then with the saving in Alabama, so you look at Alabama, what they're doing in college. So that tree, that Parcells tree, that Bill Belichick tree is everywhere. And what we did defensively, a lot of people don't like it because we wasn't flashy. We wasn't flashy. You see, a lot of people didn't like it because we didn't have the big plays like that. No, we was very, very consistent at being consistent. Last year in the Hall of Fame uh, ceremony, when Richard went in, uh, Brewski was there, and Brewski, uh, there was a panel discussion, and it was Ty Warren, Willie McGinnis, and Richard Seymour. And Brewski goes, let me stand behind them. <laughs> and he stood behind them for a second. He goes, nobody can see me. And he comes <laughs> up in, in between them and goes, what do you think it was like playing linebacker yeah. when these guys were here? Yes. You guys did all the work. Yeah. Rabel, Brewski, etc. They just saw you. They cleaned up thanks to what you guys did. Yeah, yeah. we, you know, it, and this is two gapping isn't fun. I mean, it's, you have to be a man to be able to two gap. And if you really want to see what type of players you have and how tough, and if you have some dogs or not, make them two gap. Because I remember talking with Randy Moss before, and I was explaining him about two gap between two gap and then four three penetrating. I said, "Listen, Randy, I can put you in the nine technique in the one gap, and you can get the job done. Who you are, right there, you can get the job done. You don't have to touch nobody. You can just run up field and you can just try to find the ball. You can do that." I said, "But if I put you in the five, where you got to put hands on somebody and control two gaps, that changes." So I say, yeah, a lot of guys get a lot of credit and a lot of recognition of these quarterback sacks and just running the field. I say, but what we did, it takes a real man to do that. And not only once. You're talking about for 60 minutes. You're talking about for a season. And you talk about for a career. So time and time and time and time. We don't get no plays off. If it's a pass play, we rush it. We banging the heads. Run play, we fighting doubles, triple, we bunting head. If you one gapping, you can run on the air. You don't have to touch the soul. You know, if you one gapping, if 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 God misses their block with you, you scot free. You only got that one gap to worry about. But if you telling me you can't run around this guy, you got to go through him. You got to control this. You got to knock him back, and you got these two gaps. Day in and day out. That's defense. But and but what's sexier and what you know, what 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 do the guys look at? You know, that's what I was going to ask. Where was can there, I get paid? Was there ever any <laughs> ever any resentment? I mean, did you guys ever go to Bill and just say, hey, you know, just hey, we got the lead here. You know, why don't you turn us loose a little bit here. No, Bill done a good. He, you know what? Bill used to give us some bones here. We got to a point where that's funny. Bill trusted us enough, you know, and Bill knew what he had. Bill knew he had three first rounders, basically four first rounders with Jarvis. Yes up there that we can control the game. Once we get to a level in the game, he can let us loose and he can give us a bone. We had some plays where he'll call just for us, just to get us excited, you know? So I wouldn't never say Bill never, you know, didn't unleash us. He have. And it was games where Bill come in there and say straight up, listen, this game going to be won up front. If y'all can't win, we lose. He, he told us straight up. If you guys can't do this, we lose. It wasn't nothing about Tom. It wasn't nothing about no offense. It wasn't nothing about scoring points. He told us straight up, 
if you three can't do this, we won't win. Well, I've got one that's probably going to come up on Saturday, and only because I was talking to him, and it was a teammate of yours. Mm-hmm. And Devin told me that you said before the Ravens AFC Championship game, it wasn't Bill saying it. He said you said it, and you said, guys, this one's on us. Yeah. The front seven, we got the run covered. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was Cedric Maxwell. Jump on my back. He said, "Jump on my back. Yeah. I'm going to take care of you guys." And he said the next day after the win, that Bill was in the uh, auditorium going over the tape, and he looks and he just circled. He goes, "This is a dominating performance." Mm-hmm. 2011 AFC Championship yeah. game. Did you have Remember 11, it well. 11 tackles, couple yeah. sacks. Yeah. I mean, that's that's putting your money where your mouth is. Yeah. Do you think of that when you look back at your career, Vince, as one of your best games? Yeah, absolutely. And I like that game because of what it meant for us. Um, you know, we was coming up uh, uh, against a team that we always it's, – it's a grind. Mm. We knew it was going to be physical. We knew they wasn't going to lay down. They, we knew that they was going to match whatever we put on the field. But in my mindset, it was like, listen, we better than them. This is our home turf, and we got to show it. Plain and simple. There's nothing else to talk about. So I knew going in there what it meant, and I knew how much the team looked up to me, and they listened when I speak. So I had to always be careful of what I say when I say things because I know they're going to they're gonna take what I said, and this is how it's going to be. Um, but I knew that game. I'm like, listen here, they're not going to beat us because we're going to win it up front. We don't want we don't want you guys back there worrying about the run game. We got this. I don't care if it's seven in the box or six in the box because it was times where we had six men in the box and we used to call it big. Bill told us, "You guys have to play big. We won short." Okay, coach, not a problem. If that's the game plan, we would do that. And I just knew how important that game was for us as an organization, mm-hmm. um, as a patriot for our fans. And being in front of our crowd, you know, and I always looked over there too. They had Ed Reed, they had, you know, Ray Lewis, they had Loli Nada, they had a squad. It was a great team. It was they a really, had a great you guys team. had some great wars. Really right. great wars. So I'm saying it's us versus y'all. Yeah. I don't care what you do offensively, Tom. I really don't care. It's us versus Ray and his defense. Period. And what happened? Right. So when you go, you know, Randy Shannon told you you're going to be the yeah. first to win a ring. You win it as a rookie. Oh, this is easy. <laughs> exactly. and, and, I, and I say this with all the respect because yeah. I don't want to come off as a spoiled no. little Bostonian who, <laughs> oh, I had to wait 10 years before I got another title. How was that 10 years like from 04 to 14? Man. You you said it. Yeah. Because that's the first thing I said. I win it my first year because you got to realize when I get down to University of Miami, my first year we win it. Right. We win it. So the next year, we go back, Ohio State. We lost that. We all know what that is. So here I am, my first year in the league as a rookie. I win another one. So to me, winning easy. And guess what? I've lost, what, three games, four games in college? So it's like, I'm used to winning. This going to happen all the time. Year one go by, we don't make it. Year two go by, we don't make it. Year three, we go by. So now I'm scratching my head. I'm like, man, oh, geez, I thought this was going to be easy. You know, so you start to appreciate what you've done and what you've accomplished and how hard it is to win. Because the other guys are getting paid too. Yeah, so it's like, okay, it ain't that easy. You know, so I had to humble myself like, okay, 
this don't come by all the time like that. So that's why what I would say to the Patriots fans is this. For two decades, we ran the NFL. Nobody would never see this again while we're living. I truly believe that. We ran it. We need to appreciate what's been done and how it's how it was done over these past two decades. Can you, now that you're out of it, Vince, mm-hmm. you know, Bill talks about it all the time. Bill's asked all the time, oh, Bill, what about this? What was your favorite that? And he goes, it'll be time to think about that when yeah. it's over. It's now over for you. Yeah. Can you look back at that kind of with a clear head and go, holy smokes, look yeah. at what we accomplished. Yes. And that's, as I was playing, I never could. I wouldn't even allow myself to. But when I retired, and I tell people, it's like, when I was in, you know, my my train, um, it got started rolling early in my life because of just of what I've been through. And it only sped up, you know, once I got to the NFL. I couldn't stop. You know, I couldn't stop my train. My train was rolling. And when your train rolling, you don't have time to sit back and see who's all getting on and getting off the train because you the conductor. You have to. You have to drive. You have to make sure that train stay on track, right? But soon it's over, that train stops, and then you can step off and you can look back and say, I've been to all these places. I done did all of this. Now you had a satisfactory of saying, dang, I, I can't believe I did this. But that only happens when it's over. And I'm not talking about when the season's over. I'm talking about when your career's over, when you have time where you can sit back and understand what you really accomplished. And that's that's where I'm at now. Perspective. I'm, you have to put it in the perspective, perspective. Now, And that's what I'm doing. So do you have one that maybe stands out? One, you know, one of those games, one of those titles, one of those moments that stands out for you above the rest? The, the, the one that stands out to me is the, is what the, the, the second Giants lost. What, that's 11? Yep. That one stands out to me the most. Um, and that one right there hurt me the most. Um, because more so than the first Giants game. Yes, yes, yes. Because I thought the third Super Bowl, the second one we lost with Indian 11, I thought that team we had was a team full of guts and grind. I mean, we were some grinders. I mean, we were tough. We were mentally tough. And also, I feel in, at that moment, that was my defense. You see, my handprint, <clears throat> my handprints was on that defense at that time. So when I delivered messages and when I spoke to guys and when we talked and we had meetings, they were locked in. I remember when I was looking at Chong and just how he was looking at me. It was like I saw fire. <laughs> it was like he could have ran through that brick wall if I would have told him. And see, it get me, it get me kind of going now because that's one that got away from us. Because that team, that team was a great football team, and also we coming off of Myra, you know, her death. So we had all that ball. It, everybody wanted to win for Mr. Kraft and Myra. So and we had it all. Even Bill, like Bill, we had it all. Like going to that Super Bowl, Bill told us, "Listen, we're gonna work." But we're going to ask also enjoy ourselves in this moment. And I remember that you remember that though. Mm-hmm. It was a 07. That wasn't the case. Mm-mm. No, you o- guys. 07. You no. guys were from the moment we got on the plane to go in 07. We were all uptight. Yeah. Right. 
Right. And I, I, I felt like you guys were visibly uptight yep. that and whole I, week. And I remember in the hotel lobby in 11, mm-hmm. it was a different look. You go, it whoa, wait a minute. Yeah. Bill went to the Thursday night party. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, you know? and, and I don't mean this to sound you know yeah. disrespectful. I think out of the Super Bowl teams that you were part of and that we were around, that was one of the lesser talented ones. Yeah. But the way you describe it yeah. with, with the grittiness and the yeah. toughness, I, I, I would agree with. But, I mean, you guys had Jules back in the secondary, yes. like chasing guys around in the AFC title yeah. game. Right. Like that team just got by on, like, you know, guts, got, yeah, yeah. guts, got, guts. It's guts. like it was Kevin grimy. Garnett would tell you, you know, right? It was grinding, Grit, gritting balls. Right. And you know, you know, you know, we was a younger group. We had a young, you know, couple Chung, of young guys, Mayo, all McCourty. of them, all. It's like we were young, but they had the right mindset and mm. attitude, and you can win with that. You you can win with guys you can coach and you can teach, and that's willing to learn and willing to listen. You can win with that, and. That's why I say that Super Bowl was probably one of the hardest games for me. Okay, we got to wrap things up here in a second, so I'm going to finish with this one, Vince. One of, the reason why we're here is because this weekend you get to be inducted into the yeah. Patriots Hall of Fame. Yes. What does that honor mean to you, Vince? You know, I, I just spoke on being able to stop that train and look back with all you know everything you've been through, and it says a lot about my teammates, um, the fans, staff. Everybody that's affiliated with this organization, um, I am humble and honored to get this accolade. And this is for all of us. It's not just for me. It's for every fan that's out there that, that I stepped on that field <laughs> and I looked up in those stands that I, I can barely hear each other giving the calls, the music that we play, the excitement that came from the fans day in and day out. Every Sunday, Monday, Thursday, they were there. They never left us, you know. That's what this is for, and that makes me feel good because I'm going into the Patriots Hall of Fame not only by myself but with all of my fans and everybody else that I ran and encountered with through the course of my career. So this is a moment that I'm always going to cherish, and this was for all of us. Well said. Well deserved. Thank you. And I hope you have a hell of a time this week. And I hope we you will. can. Have, I hope you can smell the roses yeah. and enjoy <laughs> it. Oh, we will. You know? We will enjoy. Congratulations. Thank you, guys. Vince Wolf, really our guest. Vince, congratulations. Thanks, Thank you, guys. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts.